Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Wonderful friend of many years and great colleague, Rick Eisleben, professional TV director, producer, cameraman, and does some editing as well. Welcome to the podcast, Rick. Hey, uh, Dr. Craig, it's good Uh to see you, my friend. That's right. Or to hear her because it's audio only, but good to hear each other. That's for sure. Rick and I have known each other for, oh gosh, maybe 30 years or, or so. And uh, Rick is a hyphenate, like I mentioned at the start of our our podcast. He's uh, mainly a director, but he's done plenty of producing and crewing up, getting a crew together and going going to the airport or going to the studio and also runs camera when that's uh, asked for and editing as well. You have a long career. You I have 40 plus years and uh, we're going to make ourselves feel really old here, Rick. You have 50 <laughs> years in the industry. And uh, I will tell you that Rick has worked for just about, I'm not going to say everybody, but most everybody in Christian television at one point or the other. Um, we are both, Rick and I, graduates of the same college. I got my master's at Chapman University. And I believe, Rick, you got your bachelor's at was then what was then Chapman College uh, in Orange, California, which now has a top, it's a top five uh, film school. What led well, you, I, I know that you lived in Orange County, but what led you to Chapman? Uh, that is, uh, yeah, uh, Craig, that story is, I never intended to go into media, to television. I felt a very strong calling when I graduated from high school, not to be the lawyer that I had been training for, but to go into Christian ministry. Chapman University was a small Christian college in Orange at the time. So I immediately enrolled, got into the program and ended up going through four years at Chapman with more than half of my units were in religion and religion studies and psychology and sociology of religion. And my intention was to be a pastor. And uh, I enrolled at a seminary as well. So I was well on my way to having a church, but God had other plans for me. And then this led you uh, as you've told me uh, in the past, to Indiana, and you uh, enrolled to get your Master's of Divinity, right? Uh, that's correct. Uh, Christian Theological Seminary was where I went. Yeah, I really liked the school. It, it was beautiful. The training was good while I was there. But I was a newly married young man and uh, had to support my wife. And I talked around the school, some of the media guys there, And they said, uh, hey, if you want a job, there's a television station that is hiring crewmen. And I thought, well, that might be kind of fun. So I went down and uh, had an interview. The next day, I was working a camera on a live television show. It was that quick. But I found out very quickly that this was the media path that God had intended me to do. Uh, There were many, many better pastors out there. 
But Christian television had yet to be developed. This was way back in the year of 1969, when about the only Christian television was uh, a Sunday morning show where the pastor had come into the studio and recorded a 25-minute message. Um, I felt the need, along with so many others at that time, that the gospel should best be broadcast to the whole nation, to the whole world. And the best way to do it was with broadcast media. Very, very good. So you had on-the-job training. Talk about that a little bit. Um, it was, uh, was a thrill for me to be there, a great group of guys, but we were all sort of uh, bumping into each other, learning what's going on there. Uh, those were in the days of uh, the Vietnam conflict, so most of the qualified technicians had been drafted, and they were over in the war doing media over there. So a whole crop of new guys there were learning right on the job. And uh, one, I think, rather quick and funny story was that first show that I did was a kid show at four o'clock in the afternoon called Popeye and Janie. And after about 10 minutes of training at how to handle a polychrome 88 camera, I practiced and I had the opening shot, wide shot, zoom in. The director said, zoom. And I zoomed and zoomed into the hostess and kept on zooming and zooming. And the director must have stopped to have a sip of coffee because when he looked up, there was an extreme close up of the hostess of the show, which had never been done before, but he never told me to stop. I learned after that, we go uh, a little bit wider when we finish a shot. His, his, idea of, his idea of Zoom was different than your idea of Zoom. Well, there you go. There's uh, communication between the director and his or her camera crew. You got it. Cool. Well, you learned very quickly. How long were you at that station? I was there two years and um, uh, working on the crew, uh, stage managing, running camera, moving sets around. Um, I also got upstairs to do audio. This was one of my other hobbies they had been, done uh, at Radio Chapman, as a matter of fact. I did a board shift there, so I knew some radio, so an audio board was familiar to me. And um, eventually, uh, I showed enough ability and desire that they moved me into the promotion department, and eventually I became the director of on-air promotional programming for uh, WTTV Channel uh, 4 there in Indianapolis. So I created all the promos for the show. Uh, and this was actually only just after I had proven myself by directing a kid's show. Not the same one, I directed Cowboy Bob's Chuck Wagon Theater, the lunchtime oh, that's, show. That's one of my favorites. I I I remember that. No, no, that that sounds fascinating. <laughs> yeah, well, that uh, it did work out well for me. But I I'll tell a story, another quick story that the way it came down was I heard one morning when I was there preparing promos that the director of the show had just called in and that the production manager was hustling around on the phone to try to find someone to come in. Now, I hadn't actually directed anything but promos then, but I marched right into his office and I said, you don't have to call anybody else. Michael, I'll do it. And he looked at me and paused for about 10 seconds and then said, go, Rick. And I walked out of his office. I leaned against the wall and said, what have I done? <laughs> 
<laughs> you got you got yourself and it was either sink or swim wasn't it it was and i decided i like this idea of directing it uh it fulfilled me uh put me in a position where i could be more creative than i had been in my past okay so you're at this um you never did finish your mdiv and by the way for anyone that's out there in our audience listening podcast audience a master's of divinity is a very difficult master's to achieve because usually it not only includes theology, but you have to go into ancient Greek and ancient Hebrew as well. So this is a really beefed up master's and it's hard to complete. And you, it didn't work out that you completed it, did it? No, it sure didn't. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad of that. I've had the, you know, everybody is, has a character and a talent inside them. I don't believe at any time, even though I had the desire, that I didn't quite have the character to be a good pastor. And God kind of guided me exactly where he wanted me, 2,000 miles away from home, so that I could learn exactly what I should do with my life, which was Christian television. So what did you do after the two years and you're no longer at the seminary? You moved on. And where did you move on to? I came back to California. Now, I had, as you had pointed out, I got four years at Chapman University here in Orange. So I relocated back here to California thinking, boy, with two years of commercial experience, I could easily slide into a job at one of the television stations in Los Angeles. And I found out the market was totally saturated. I ended up in Bakersfield uh, as a copywriter up there uh, at uh, KJTV and um, spent a year there. Uh, didn't I was promised to get a director position, but none ever opened up. So I left that station because I heard there was a Christian television station in Southern California that might be hiring. So I went to Glendale, California, where um, KHOF television, Channel 30, was on the air. I walked into the office of the general manager of the TV station and sat down across the desk from a young guy named Paul F. Crouch. This was before he started Trinity Broadcasting Network. He liked what he saw and hired me on the spot to be the head staff director at uh, KHOF Television in uh, Glendale, California. So at that time at Channel 30, Paul F. Crouch was the general manager, but uh, uh, Reverend Shock was the on-air talent. Was, is that about right? That's correct. Ray Shock was a great pastor of the church in Glendale and a faith center, and he had a great vision for media. He had one of the very few Christian television stations in the country. It happened to be here in Los Angeles. And uh, the whole church supported him in it. They had programs coming in. We had guests. Uh, it was almost like a, a mini CBN. At the time, Christian Broadcasting Network uh, back on the East Coast was the biggest and only Christian network that I recall. But California had little KHOF. And we, uh, we had a variety of guests from uh, Audrey Meyer to, um, let's see, Mother Teresa was a guest once. Um, uh, many, many others. Uh, uh, Stuart Hamlin was one a name that I just heard. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and just a variety. Of, we had uh, astronauts come through and uh, it was a, an amazing little TV station in Glendale, but one of the very first Christian TV stations. 
you're talking probably early 70s at this point. And by being in Los Angeles, you had all of all of this talent, people coming through that were available to you. And you had airtime, you needed to fill it up. This sounds like a great opportunity. Uh, it certainly was. And there was a lot going on in the um, the Jesus movement, the Jesus uh, celebration movement with young people at that time. Um, and so uh, when Jimmy and Carol Owens uh, wrote the, uh, the uh, Come Together musical, we were involved in that. And we had them as guests on the TV program. Uh, and Pat Boone very often and other Christian artists that had come out very positive about their faith. They liked coming down and doing interviews with us. And, and there were a lot of uh, well-known pastors that dropped their shows in as well. Lester Summerall was one of them. At that time, you would have been working as a director on all kinds of programming in the sense of there would be music, there would be talk and interviews, there would be live events. It, you, there, was a lot of iron, there were a lot of irons in the fire as to the different genres and types of broadcasting you did. And that must have been fun. It was um, very suitable for me, too, because uh, my wife says I have a short attention span. So I wasn't going to get locked into one program and do it for uh, daily, daily, daily. Uh, they had a news program there that we usually did. I directed that. They had a kid show called Black Buffalo's Pow Wow, which we did daily. And it was a live show as well. We had these musical specials that we shot um, and uh, church services, of course, there at Faith Center. Uh, interview programs, Bible teaching programs. Yes, as you have said, there's a variety of things I got under my belt to do, which I hadn't done before. So what's next? After a few years there, uh, for those that are listening and meeting Rick for the first time, we, we have on the, on the program Rick Eislaben, professional TV director, producer, editor, audio, we just found out, didn't know about that, makes sense, and editor, what was next? You've, you've worked for so many different networks, and as networks expanded, you became available. As, did you go out and become a freelancer? What, what was the next step? Uh, thanks, Craig. Uh, the, the beautiful part of God's plan moving me around in my life was that uh, at Faith Center, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Uh, a very exciting experience for me, as someone who came out of a traditional denomination. But um, I took this as, again, a sign that I should look in a broader uh, network of what was going on in Christianity. And I found out that the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International was just the kind of an organization that I needed at the time to broaden out well, my Christian talents. So I went over and knocked the door and talked to uh, Demas Shakarian himself and was able to get a job with his son, Steve Shakarian, at their in-house advertising agency, Omega Advertising. And we built the Good News program. I was the producer, Steve was the, I'm sorry, I was the director and Steve was the producer. And for four years, I built, uh, directed the uh, Good News program with Demas Shakarian and some of the top Christian leaders uh, in the country at the time. Um, I really enjoyed doing the show for years, and it led to my next step, which was we shot the show in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, where there was a young minister family 
back there named Rex Humbard. We shot at his fantastic facility at Cathedral Teleproductions. And I got to know the people at uh, Cathedral uh, and uh, the Rex Humbard family. So when I, uh, after four years, I stepped out of the role at the Full Gospel Businessman and stepped into a role with Full Gospel, I'm sorry, with um, Rex Humbard family, traveling the country, traveling the world, shooting the You Are Love television programs. And at that time, um, I don't think Rex Humbard was that well known, was he? This would be the 70s, correct? Yes, we're in the mid-70s by that time. Rex was known locally quite a bit, uh, and he did syndicate his television uh, uh, services, but what we were doing was we were, we were making a TV program that was outside of the sanctuary. We would travel around to various places and record large events, which he had in stadiums, etc. But we also took the program on location down in Callaway Gardens, Georgia, and shot down there near the chapel and on by the lakes and in the forest and, and all sorts of interesting locations. So we ended up building a show, which was a church show without a church. Ah, you took it outside the four walls. Exactly. And I think that was one of the first two. Uh, everybody else, you know, they were, they had their churches established, so they put their service on. People were delighted to see them, and that worked fine. But Rex Hombard, again, a man with vision, said entertaining the people is as important as informing them of the gospel. So we did music numbers on location, and we built shows that were, were very pleasant and very happy to watch. And Rex, of course, gave a message on each one of the programs. They were still an hour long, but it seemed more like, let's have a friendly gospel, kind of get into what the Lord has in mind for you as a person and make it very enjoyable at the same time. Interesting, great, engaging conversation with broadcast veteran and media creative Rick Eisleben. Join us next time. We'll pick up where we left off. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.